We're continuing our study through the book of Revelation with chapter 9. In chapter 8, we covered the first four trumpets of the seven trumpet judgments. And we were told that there was going to be an angel flying through the air shouting, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. And, and so there's a warning given to the earth, to those that are inhabitants of the earth at that time. The first four judgments, the trumpet judgments, were physical judgments to the earth. They were, uh, you know, destroying things that were part of the earth. It was the physical realm that was being impacted by those judgments. The next three are spiritual judgments. They're going to impact the spiritual realm. We don't see it around us on a daily basis. We're not visibly seeing the spiritual judgments that are taking place because they're not being poured out right now. There are no spiritual judgments right now. That's going to come. But we don't even see the spiritual realm really right now in that it's taking place behind the screen, behind our visibility. Uh, going to New York, I was able to see a lot of the impact of demons, of evil, on the society there. You, you can see it. And it's almost tangible, uh, but it's not. It's not visible, but it's visible in the faces of the people. And Cheryl and I were talking about the fact walking through the city, so many people, and, and it's not like Hallmark. Um, it, it's, it, it's walking through with crowds and everything. There's no joy. You didn't see anything on their faces that resembled peace or joy. It, it, they had an agenda. All of them were headed somewhere. They were going to do something. They were late for something. you know. And it, you can tell. You can see it. We were there as tourists. So we're doing this. you know. And everyone else is like focused. They're, they're heading to where they needed to go. But they had no joy in what they were doing. And I believe that's part of the spiritual impact the negative spiritual impact on people's lives. It, it was tangible. Today's message is titled, A Sample of Hell. We continue our study in chapter 9, verse 1 of the book of Revelation. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a fallen star from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. And so the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. 
And so here is spiritual stuff taking place. The fifth angel, well, this isn't a heavenly angel because it says uh, a star fallen from heaven. The heavenly angel was the one that blew the trumpet. But the one that came down was a star fallen from heaven. Well, when else do we read about stars in, in, in heaven? Well, when Jesus was um, talking to John in chapter 1, in verse 20, he said, The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And so, Angels and stars are related together here. Uh, But this one was fallen from heaven. And we know who the fallen star is from heaven. And he took one third of the stars with him when he fell. And so we're talking about Satan here. And he was given the key to the bottomless pit. Well, in Revelation one eighteen, there is also a key mentioned there where Jesus says, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the key to Hades and death. You see, he is the one holding the key. But it says here that he was given to him, was given, the fallen star was given the key. And so Jesus gave him the key to unlock the pit. And the pit was unlocked and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. And so I've seen, I don't know if you've ever seen a volcano where the smoke is just coming out of that volcano and, and it darkens everywhere that's underneath the smoke, where it block, blocks out the, the sun. Um, I, I was close by when Mount Pitatuba blew and I was able to see the effect that it had on uh, the whole atmosphere at that time. And it blocked out the sun. But it never blocks out the sun in a 360 degree circle because it's wherever the jet stream is moving, wherever the wind is taking it and it'll travel in that direction. Well, this is going to cover everything. This is blocking out the sun everywhere as this bottomless pit is open. It's a lot different than a a volcanic pit that's being opened. And then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass or the earth or any green thing or any tree. Not much green stuff left right now if you remember that so much of it was destroyed in the seal judgments and so uh, so there wasn't a lot and if it was if it was all taken out death would have come much sooner but they were not going to affect any green thing or any tree but only those men 
who do not have the seal of God in their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, demonstrating that the authority comes from God, not from Satan, from God, that they were told this is what you can and can't do. Here's the amount of authority that you have. You know, whenever we think, oh, we're getting persecuted and, and stuff like that, oh, Satan is, is attacking me. Well, that may very well be true, but we also have to remember that God allows a certain amount of persecution and, and, and uh, trials in our lives because what does that do? That just keeps us focused on him. It makes us go back to, Lord, this is, if we had everything perfect all the time, we would never call on the Lord. We would just be happy with ourselves and, you know, everything's going great. I must be blessed because everything's going great. If everything is going great in your life all the time, I question whether you're being blessed or whether the enemy is just ignoring you because you're caught up in your own world. Now, for us, I know we're believers, we come together in Jesus' name, but I know that there are some of you online that may um, not have heard this kind of teaching before, may not be familiar with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know that's why we see the impact of the world and uh, the, the impact of the enemy on people's lives. But we also see people that seem not to have any, uh, the, the, the different Psalms and Proverbs. Are, hey, why does the wicked prosper? We read that all the time. Why do they prosper? Why does it? Uh, well, it, it keeps us distracted from the truth. That's why uh, they're, pro- but they're going to get theirs in the end. We're reading about it right now. So it's only those who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads that are um, attacked by these locusts. And they were not giving authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. So people aren't going to die from these things, but they're only going to be tormented for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. And in those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. And so when we look at that, when we look at how People were going to be suffering because of these locusts. First of all, were they locusts? Yes, they're locusts. Because he said, um, out of the smoke locusts came. He didn't say something like locusts. He said locusts. But they're not like the locusts that we're familiar with. These are um, supernatural, ugly creature type locusts. They're nothing we've ever seen before. If you've ever seen a locust like that, please let me know. But I, I don't think that any of you have ever seen anything like that. Um, and they're going to torment for five months. Five months is the period of harvest. That's how long the harvest normally goes on. So they're going to be allowed to torment during that five-month period. And they're going to sting like the sting of a scorpion. Have 
Any of you been stung by a scorpion before? Okay. Um, so a couple of you, but I know my wife has twice. Okay. And, um, and I, so I got to experience it through her. And um, it wasn't pleasant. I felt so bad. I wish, I wish he would have stung me and not her. But um, she got stung at two different times. And the weird thing about being stung by a scorpion is that it doesn't affect the area that it stings. I mean, it, 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 that's uncomfortable. It hurts. But the, the um, serum, the, the venom, goes through the nervous system and it can come up in any part of the body. It's not through your blood. It's through the nervous system. Uh, we read up a lot on scorpions, obviously. And, um, and you know what? It was also a blessing to her. Because MS is something that um, is treated with scorpion venom. And so, you know, this is something that actually was a blessing. And, and it helped her experience um, a, a calm summer um, through that. But if these things, these creatures, I don't think... I mean, they were bark scorpions that, um, that stung her. Bark scorpions are one of the most dangerous in the world. Okay? We're blessed to have them here in Arizona. <laughs> And um, if you see a scorpion crawling on the ceiling, that's a bark scorpion. Okay, so, uh, you know, you, you don't have to question. That's the only ones that crawl on ceilings. Uh, they're bark scorpions. And so you get familiar with uh, the different types of scorpions. And so here she is getting stung by it. Here, these people are going to be stung not once, I think this is going to be an ongoing thing. They're going to be stung for five months. And they're going to seek to die. But they're not going to be able to. That's weird, isn't it? I just heard a pastor recently teach on that. And he said, well, it's not that they can't die. It's just the fact that they're going to, you know, um, that they want to die, but because of their pride, because of their, you know, so they don't, they won't die. No, I don't believe that. I believe they can't die. And I'll tell you why I believe that. Because I believe that God is giving them a sample of hell. You see, when someone goes to hell, they can't die. They're not escaping hell. And so this was a sample for them to recognize, yes, the sting is painful. The torment is painful. But that's what hell's going to be like. So learn from this. Repent. Because salvation was still available. It wasn't like they were being judged they were experiencing the persecution, the, the, the anger of God, but they weren't being judged and condemned forever because they could still repent. They could still accept Jesus Christ and his gift even then, even during this torment that they were experiencing. And so 
um, you know, that just really made me question, you know, what's going on in the world today and how people are not going to repent during that time when all of this is going on. What would make them not repent? You know, after all of this, what would make them, like, kind of like Pharaoh, you know, he had to wait for the 10th plague before he finally, you know, let Israel go. Remember the 8th plague were locusts. Okay, so here is why wouldn't they repent? And here's why I believe people aren't repenting during that time. Because they're deceived into believing that all of the supernatural things that are taking place are done by aliens, you know, uh, and something else, but not God, you know. So even though there are 144,000 Billy Grahams going around the world spreading the good news, even though there are the two prophets that are at the temp- that they have on TV that's being televised around the world, even though there's an angel flying through the heavens announcing the gospel, they still don't believe. And they still want to continue in their way because they believe a lie rather than the truth. They believe the deception. And uh, that's why they're going to continue in the way that they're going. So... The shape of the locusts, verse 7, was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold. Key thing, something like gold. See, gold, a golden crown, is given to all the saints, right? And then we're going to cast those crowns before the throne. That's gold. But there's something like gold. So it's an imitation of gold, trying to show that they have some authority. They have nothing. And it's just the appearance that they have. And their faces were like the faces of men, probably ugly men. And they had hair like women's hair. And teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like the breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. If you want to get a kind of a picture of what we're looking at here, go to Joel chapter 2. I don't have time right now to read through it, but Joel chapter 2, it's all about that. This picture, Joel saw the same thing, and he wrote all about it in Joel chapter 2. They had tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men for five months. So there's the picture, these locusts that come out. Remember in in Exodus, when we uh, read about um, the locusts that were called in the eighth plague, they were everywhere. They filled the houses, they were in the beds, they ate everything. Until Moses called them off, 
and then they were blown out and they were completely gone. Not one of them were left. It wasn't like they had to clean up a bunch of locusts. They were all gone. And, but everything was destroyed at that point. Uh, these are going to be for five months and they're going to continue to sting. So I believe that people will get stung multiple times. You know, it won't be that, oh, you get stung once, okay, I got my sting in, now, and now it's over. Cheryl, when she got stung, 24 hours later, it was over. I believe that these things aren't going to be that forgiving, and it's not going to be that quick to get over them. And so... Oops, turned too many pages. So they had tails like scorpions. There were stings in the tails. Their power was to hurt for five months. And after that time, when, when all of this is taking place, people are still not repenting. And then there's one thing we can recognize is that they're being empowered by Satan. See, in verse 11, what we read there, and they had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek his name is Apollyon. So here is the pit, uh, the king of the pit of the demons. And uh, considering this, that we know they're not earthly locusts, this is what Proverbs thirty twenty seven says. The locusts have no king, yet they advance in ranks. And, and so when locusts attack an area, they just come in and they swarm and they eat everything in their path. And there's nothing coordinating them. They just do it. It's just natural. It's their instinct to just wipe things out. But they have a king. This one, so these are not regular locusts. This is being led by Satan. The name that he's given, Abaddon and Apollyon, mean destroyer or tormentor. And so we know that to be Satan. We know that he is the tormentor of men or destroyer of anything good. Verse 12. One woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. And then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And so the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. I believe these angels are there now. These are not godly angels because godly angels are never bound. These are angels that were bound and so they're being held in captivity until the time that they're going to be allowed to do what they're going to do. There are angels bound right now that are in the abyss, in the abuso. Please don't send us to 
the Abuso before our time. Do you remember Legion, the, the thousand demons that were sent into the pigs? They didn't want to go into the abyss. You see, back in Genesis chapter 6, there were the Nephilim. They were demons that were um, coming into the bodies of humans and then giving child, you know, bearing children uh, through the women. They found the women attractive and they were giving birth. And these were demon-possessed children that were being born. I believe this is what Satan tried to do to corrupt the DNA of humans. If all the humans would have had corrupted DNA, uh, then Jesus couldn't have been born, right? Because, you know, all of the DNA would have been destroyed. But Noah was found perfect in all his generations. You see, he wasn't impacted by that satanic blood. And so that's why God wiped out the earth. But at the same time, he took those demons and he locked them up. We read about that in Titus, where they were there locked up because of the fact of what they did. They left their habitation and they came to earth without being allowed to do that. And so he locked them up there. And so I believe they are released also at this very time. We'll talk about that in in a minute. But um, these are the ones at the great river Euphrates who were going to be released to kill one-third of all mankind. There are eight billion people roughly, um, in the world today. And hundreds of millions, possibly up to a billion, will be raptured at the time of the rapture, removed from the earth. And then the sixth seal is opened in Revelation, and one quarter of the population is going to die during that time. And now we're told that these are released and one-third of the population. So what are we talking about here? Less than 50% of the population, current population of the earth is going to be left alive at this point. It's kind of funny how the World Economic Forum and all of them are talking about the fact that we have to reduce the population down to a manageable size, Right? And I don't know if you've heard about stuff like that. We talked about that in the the prophecy conference that we had, um, uh, you know, during the summer. But, you know, here's the reality of that, in in that uh, we're reducing the size of the population. We can take the whole population of the earth and give everyone two square feet. And the whole population of the earth would be able to stand in Rhode Island. So, do, are we really overpopulated? Only if you lived on Rhode Island. Uh, but um, it wouldn't be, it's not the overpopulation that we picture, that we're being told about, you know, by the world. It's, it's kind of foolishness. But that's the whole 
point of what the world is doing. It's deception. It's leading people away from the truth. And it's trying to make excuses for everything else. These demons are going to wipe out over one half. Well, besides the rapture, there'll be less than one half of the population. And then we go into verse 16 where it says, Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. Don't get this confused for the army that we'll talk about in the future that crossed the Euphrates, the army of 200 million, different armies. This is a satanic army. Um, and I, thus I saw the horses in the vision who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. Not like any horse I've seen. But these three, by these three plagues, a third of mankind were killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths, for their power is in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them do harm. And so they had tails that had a head like a serpent, and they were able to bite. And, you know, you worry about a rattlesnake. Worry about a horse that has a lion's head and a tail of a snake. And, and all right, so, you know, if you have nightmares, don't blame it on me. I read it here. I'm, I'm, I'm just reading the Bible. But... They're killing everyone. And I don't know how long they're going to be around doing that. But you would think people would wake up. You know, people would repent. But people are repenting. There are going to be people that repent during that time. Because we know that before the throne, the martyrs are going to be worshiping. And we read about that previously. That's going to take place. That was a, a snapshot of the end. When all the martyrs are worshiping before the throne, that was a picture of what's going to happen. We're reading all the stuff leading up to that right now. And it's going to be crazy stuff that's happening. 200 million horsemen... How are they feeding these horses? What do you feed horses that look like? I mean, it's not, these are not regular horses. These have to be spiritual horses because there's no way that they can be managed even now. Where, where, Where are they right now? They're in the spiritual realm. They haven't been revealed yet. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders and their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. See, It's inconceivable that the remainder of humanity would not repent at this point. I mean, I just can't fathom that. Uh, But that's what we're told, so I'm going to believe it. They continue to worship the things of the earth rather 
than the creator of all things. They didn't repent of murders, probably referring to the killing of Christians that are going to be beheaded because of their faith. They didn't repent of their sorceries. That word implies sorcery, witchcraft, but it also is the same word, pharmakia, that we use for pharmacy, medicine. It's drugs, illicit drugs. And so, you know what? If I were unsaved and I was alive at that time, I'd be taking some drugs. Because that would be pretty much the only escape, right? Is to try to some way numb myself of what's going on. So I can see how that would be happening. You know, alcoholism will probably, you know, uh, be off the scale because people have no hope. And that even keeps them further away from finding the truth at that point. They didn't repent of sexual immorality. Well, we see what's going on in the world today with sexual immorality. It's incredible. Teaching our children things that, you know, would have been, you would have been arrested for 20 years ago. Now they're teaching them these things in school. It, it gets my blood boiling. I, I, I get angry at these things. But at the same time, I'm told this is what's going to happen. So I'm not going to be happy about it. I'm not going to have peace about it. It's still going to be frustrating. And I still want, I don't want to go out there and tell everyone what they're doing is wrong. I want to tell them the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. I want to point them to the truth. Because really, that's the only way for them to see the light. They're not going to see the light because I can talk them into not believing in those things, not following those things, not doing those things. That's not going to save them. The only thing that will save someone is recognizing their need for the Creator, for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that will save them. And so our message shouldn't be avoid hell. Our message should be, here's where the hope is. Here's where our power is. Here's where our salvation comes from. It's in Jesus Christ. And so that's the message that saves. You know, if you could talk someone out of hell, someone can talk them right back into it. So talking people into these things isn't going to help even a little bit. So the end result is that people are going through the tribulation and they're going to experience a sample of hell. They're going to get a chance to try hell out for themselves. And it's not going to change their hearts. I believe that's because they're being indoctrinated today. They are doing the things that they're doing today because they believe that this is the right path and they're just being deceived. And the word tells us that they're not going to repent. So when the rapture happens, they're going to get mad at God instead of falling down and worshiping him. They're going to get mad at God. 
Eventually, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's going to happen. But I want to do that on this side of eternity. I want to do it on this side of the rapture. I want to do it to where I get to celebrate what he has done for me. And uh, that's what we should be doing. That's the good news we need to be sharing with the world. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for this word. Although it's dark, it's dismal for those that are going to be experiencing all of this. Lord, it just reminds us of how you have made an escape, a way to spend eternity with you and not experience these things. Help us, Lord, not to live our lives looking forward to the death of the wicked because we know that you don't take joy in the death of the wicked. But Lord, help us to recognize that we were once they and now we have been saved by you. So thank you, Lord, for your love, for your salvation. And we pray that you would help us to live our lives daily, remembering the gift that has been given to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.